0: What's up, y'all? This is Philip Morrison with the Hoofs for Christ podcast, a podcast about everything basketball related in sports ministry. Today's episode, I'm going to address an issue this time of year as the basketball season's closing about what to do when you're frustrated or upset at your coach. So, from the player's perspective, what to do when you're frustrated with your coach for whatever reason. And then I'm going to flip it and let's go from the coaches or parent's perspective what to do when you're frustrated with a player and then i'm going to close it up with a little bit of a 2020 vision moving into this new year of uh kind of goals of what to do with ministry or or maybe you have a basketball training business and then just kind of tell you my story of how i made that transition from playing overseas into full-time basketball training and ministry so let's dive in let's get right into it so i want to start out focusing on a player's perspective I would say the majority of the time, more times than not, around this time of year when the basketball season is ending, a lot of players are unfortunately uh, already mentally and emotionally checked out. They're frustrated. Uh, They're ready for it to be over. Maybe they are at odds with their coaches. They're not getting the playing time they want. Um, Maybe some people are in their ear. But this happens a lot. This is the time where Maybe a high school or college player is thinking about transferring or they're already thinking about how they can get better for the next year to come back stronger and gain more playing time or a better position in the rotation. Um, And for younger players, it's probably they're really, really struggling with their confidence. Maybe they got with a coach who um, was tough on them or they didn't see eye to eye and they lost their confidence. And all those situations I can honestly relate to. So I wanna focus on that. If you're a player and you're frustrated or upset or at odds with your coach, what should you do? First off, I would say communication. Communication is key and you know what's funny is what's instinctive and what comes natural is for you to withdraw from that coach. Probably the last thing you wanna do, do is see that coach's face or sit down and have a hard to hard talk and talk out your differences. But honestly, by just doing that sometimes, it would solve all the issues. And here's the thing. You're dealing with people. And when you deal with people, you're going to have problems. There's going to be mistakes and flaws. You know, in a perfect world, maybe the coach would take initiative and spend a little more time investing in you, spend a little more time communicating to you. But I always tell parents and players that are frustrated, During a season of, you you know, you got to give a little bit of leeway to a coach because they are thinking about the team as a whole. You know, whatever, say they're focusing on one team, there's whatever, 10 to 15 players on that team. They're thinking about how they can use each individual part as the sum of making that team go. And sometimes that might leave you out of the equation. And it's not as simple as, well, I'm better than Johnny. I'm a better shooter than Sally. It's not that simple sometimes. Sometimes one player brings a little bit more value or dynamic to the team and the team's needs than you, and that's why they might get the nod over you sometimes. It's not as easy as, well, I can beat that player one-on-one. That's not always the case. So when I say that is, you got to look at it from that point of view. You know, a player and a parent will always be team you first, and the team second, always, especially parents. They're always team their child first. They wanna see their child succeed above all. And then they wanna see the team as a whole and other other players on that team succeed. You know, that's a tough position for a coach because now they have to think about the group as a whole being successful. And so I, I think you should be objective about that first off. Okay. Second would be, once you decide you're gonna to communicate to the coach, Talk to the coach in a way that benefits the team, not just yourself. Here's an example, don't come to your coach and be like, coach, how can I get more playing time? I wanna play more, what can I do to get on the court? That's just focused on you. It's not really focused on the team. So you gotta talk in a way that the coach sees that you're not selfish, that you wanna help the team. So you might say, coach, I'm working really hard on my own, but I wanna know how can I help this team get better? What can I do to help this team be successful? Now see, that's a totally different mindset and approach. Now you're coming to the point where you're not selfishly approaching it, but you're saying, I want the team to be successful. How can I be a part of that group? How can I be a part of the big picture? So once you do that, a coach is gonna see and I think would give you more of an objective answer of how you can help the team or how your skill set can help the team and lead to you getting more playing time. The second part is work ethic on that question. Are you putting in the work? Are you just checked out mentally and just standing around on the sideline, not going hard in the drills, not clapping, not encouraging? Coach, you can see that. If you checked out mentally, you know you may be frustrated because you're not playing and it looks like you don't care. Now, deep inside, it means everything to you. But how does that look on the outside when you withdraw, when you're quiet, when you're sitting at the end of the bench, when you're not as engaged, when you're not staying after practice? It looks like you don't care. Let's just be honest. It looks like you don't care. So what's the coach going to do? You make it easy on the coach. Just keep it moving. Move on to the next person. Focus on the ones that want to be there, are engaged, and are producing. So don't make it easy on the coach. Stay locked in. Be a good teammate. Keep putting in the work in practice, early, before practice, after practice. And then come to the coach again and communicate. Say, hey, coach, how can I improve? What things can I do to get better? I'm saying that because I coached a homeschool team a couple years ago, worked with the team. There was a kid on there who would run through a wall. Lots of energy, great teammate. One of the least talented kids on the team. But he would come in early, work hard, stay after, work hard. And I don't care if this kid would have worked 30 hours in a day. He was never gonna be as good or more talented than our best players. It's just the way it is. Didn't have the talent. But man, this kid every day asked, I'm not joking, wore us out. Coach, how can I get better? How can I improve? What can I do to improve? And guess what? I just wanted to see that kid succeed. And if you're that kind of player who can humbly approach a coach, and they see that, man, you are working, they're gonna be more opt to give you an opportunity than the kid that's checked out mentally. Think about that. Are you keep, do you keep coming to the coach and asking them, You know, how can I improve? Because look, they're gonna want you, wanna give you a chance because they see how much you care. That's huge, don't overlook that aspect of it. So come to the coach and ask them, how can I help the team? What can I do to improve? Do it all from a team, unselfish perspective. Now, if you're a coach or a parent, what I would say is, if you got a player who's selfish, or not working hard, here's the best way to get to them. Figure it out and let them know it's in their best interest to be a team player or to buy in. Players want to do what they think is best for them. If they play selfish, it's probably because they feel like if they give up the ball, they're not going to get it back. So it's in their best interest to shoot the ball every chance they get. If they're a selfish player. Somewhere along the line, they've got it twisted that it's in their best interest to operate and think that way. So it's your job as a coach, as a parent, to get them to understand, no, 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 you've got it twisted. It's in your best interest. You're going to be the most successful, the most happy Play with the most joy, and be a better player. Ultimately, if you play this way, if you buy in to the team concept, now that's a gift right there. Like I always say, you know, teaching's a gift, reaching people's a gift, connecting is a gift. But that's the key. Approach the kid and figure out what do they really want. What's important to them. Let them know things that are their strengths. Things that that you see. And you appreciate words of affirmation. Affirm them. Encourage them. Get them to see that you're on their side and want them to succeed. It's not them against the world. See that a lot of times. A player has that mentality of it's, it's me against the world. You got to make them understand that, you know, this is a team. This is a family. This is a brotherhood a sisterhood, whatever team you're on. And let them know, hey, it's in your best interest if you buy in and play this way. That's how you'll reach a player. Not saying, look, it's my way or the highway. Man, a lot of times, players, young players are gonna buck. Especially strong-minded ones and leaders. A lot of times, you know, with that type A personality, they'll buck at that. So you gotta make them see it's in their best interest. So that's my advice for both ones. If you're a player or a coach or a parent, that's a way to reach whoever you're trying to reach. Now, swinging into the, maybe the sports ministry side, you know, it's 2020, just just rode into February here, and uh, a lot of times at the beginning of the year, you kind of cast a vision over your goals or things you want to accomplish, and so, you know, that's kind of what I've been doing, but, you know, I want I want to rewind back to 2014 when I was going to make that transition to overseas basketball. So let me take you there we're in manila philippines and i'm sitting in a seattle's best coffee shop all right right outside the hotel i was living i was overseas in the philippines there was a seattle's best a starbucks right next to this place called mega mall in manila philippines you guys ever been to manila it's in the ortigas area business district so i would go there get on my laptop get some coffee or breakfast And, uh, you know, there was a period of time where my wife, uh, she was with me always overseas, but uh, she flew home for a couple months uh, during the holidays. So I was out there by myself just practicing, training, grinding away. But I had a ton of time on my my hands and I used to just for hours on end, I would be in this coffee shop trying to read books, watch YouTube videos, learn. Because I knew in my heart I wanted to transition into some kind of sports ministry or basketball training business. I knew that would be the next step for me. I just wasn't sure when I was going to take that leap. But I remember sitting there and what I realized was I needed to find a model, a blueprint of how this could actually work based on my market. So what I always say is you got to find certain areas that will help you be successful so three things is uh, what are you competent in you know what are what are you highly skilled in What what are you knowledgeable at where you can actually teach this you have a lot of knowledge that people will pay you for that knowledge and then number three is is there a market for it so do you have the skill set do you have the knowledge and is there a market for what you're offering whether it's a, a service like skills training or um, Or it's a product, whatever it might be. Those three things are what to focus on. So that's kind of how I looked at it. And I realized, okay, what I'm really good at right now, obviously I'm an overseas basketball player at that time, so I've got the knowledge and the skill for basketball. But as I got into doing the ministry clinics overseas and doing basketball camps and training, I realized I really had a skill and a gift to teach the game. Especially as a kid who was never the most athletic or biggest or strongest, I always had to think of the game in a way of uh, basketball IQ, being smart, playing angles, being the hardest worker, uh, being two plays ahead to beat people to the spot. And, and uh, that actually helped me learning how to teach the game and relate to other players maybe who weren't as as talented or just couldn't just be like, you know, I'm just going to jump over somebody, go get it and and do whatever I want to do. And then I was fortunate enough to know, you know, I live in Louisville, Kentucky. That's where I'm based out of. Man, Kentucky is basketball country. Kentucky, Southern Indiana, all basketball country. So I knew I had the market. And I would sit there and I typed out a blueprint. I had a good model to follow. I reached out to other people that I saw doing it really well, emailed them, messaged them. And then I had a model of like what would work Uh, even for a while, I worked for another sports ministry for about a half a year, saw the infrastructure of how they were built. And so I just learned along the way. And then I created my own blueprint on how to start my own basketball training business, how to incorporate sports ministry and sharing the gospel through basketball and just tweaked it, you know, never perfect, always made mistakes, but tried to tried to always keep learning, keep being a student, keep trying to improve at my craft. And I developed a blueprint over time. Uh and that helped a lot. So as you guys are moving forward, I don't know what stage you're at, but I'm assuming a lot of people wanna make a transition into something new, something they're passionate about, or maybe something God's put on their heart. I would say do that. Study it, create a blueprint, reach out to others that are already doing it, and uh, hopefully that will help. And above all, of course, always pray on it. So I hope that helps you guys. This is the Hoops for Christ podcast. Love to hear from you on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. My handle is at Morrison underscore Bball on Twitter and Instagram, and you can hit me up on Facebook. Our pages are Hoops for Christ. Also, the Louisville Basketball Training Academy. God bless.